After getting a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder, the recommendations for therapies can be overwhelming. Do you know the specific areas in which each therapy can help your child? Join us as we continue a series in which we help you understand all of this so that you don't walk into an appointment blind. Welcome to the My Spectrum Life podcast. My name is Jessica. I'm an autism mom. And with me today is my good friend, Kelsey, who's a SPED teacher. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me again. I'm Kelsey, and I am a SPED educational teacher. And tonight, I am looking forward in talking about our subject. Yes, we're starting to get into that alphabet soup that we have that is specifically for the autism world, I guess you'd say. Um, it's I'm finding that there's an alphabet soup in pretty much every, every area of life when you think about it. Yes. So the, the beginning of the alphabet soup that we're going to talk about tonight is, do you know the, these following uh, abbreviations? That's what they are. PT, OT, and SLP. So the first PT, most of us know what it is. It's, it's physical therapy and physical therapy tends to work with your gross motor skills. Um, gross motor skills tend to be your walking, your running, your bicycling, um, which all helps with, um, what is it, Jess? The, the, the system? Yes. Yes, it's, it's the vestibular system, which is one of our senses um, that falls into what is affected um, by what's called sensory processing disorder, which can uh, be a comorbidity with autism spectrum disorder. Mm -hmm. uh, now, remember, comorbidity is when you have more than one diagnosis. So a lot of times uh, there is a comorbidity of autism. It can sometimes have ADHD and uh, sensory processing all coming together. And then it can contain a lot more. So it, it just kind of depends on the diagnoses of your child. But that vestibular sy system is um, knowing how gravity um, pulls on your system. And sometimes that's where then our next one, OT, can cross over into PT. There's a lot of these things that they kind of cross over and into each other. Um, OT is what's called occupational therapy. Now it has to do with what is what you do with, when you're doing something. So you have OT at, um, you can get OT through your school system because what they're doing is they're testing for how this, um, these, what do they call them? How, what was that? Fine motor skills. Yeah. Fine motor skills affect the, your capability to perform in the classroom. Is that it, what it is? Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's how it, that's how it's worded on an IEP or an individualized education plan. Plan. Mm -hmm. See, we're getting even more. Plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that occu occupational therapy can cover a lot of things. Um, so I didn't, I was, I was kind of shocked when we first got, uh, so Curtis was diagnosed first with sensory processing disorder before autism. Mm -hmm. 
And um, one of the things that he started to do when I was looking for the, through the report that they gave me was he was doing exercises for his core. And I'm like, what? And then as I read on, it talked about the vestibular system. And so they'll do some sort of, I mean, he had to do some strengthening of the core, basically. Um, so there's a crossover. And a lot of times you'll find uh, physical therapy and occupational therapy in the same office. A lot of times you do. Which is nice if you have back-to-back appointments. Yes. Um, because I, I'm going to be upfront and honest with y'all. When you first get your diagnosis of autism for your child, your calendar is going to be extremely full. And it will seem overwhelming. Do what you want, what you can do, and where you feel that your child is getting the most help. And just kind of work through the system. It gets overwhelming. But it is worth it in the end because they will get the help that they need. Exactly. So then we have that last one. Correct. Which is SLP, which is speech language pathologist. And y'all are probably thinking, why isn't it SLT or ST? Um, Speech language pathologist, um, we'll probably get into it more when we um, dive a little deep into it. But pathologists tend are able are different from therapists they're able to actually um mm-hmm. what was it actually give tests and evaluate and they can also do some of that feeding um that therapists may not be able to do and so a lot of times on ieps or you hear it's always speech language pathologist and even their credentials are slps mm-hmm. um just kind of kind of give you that information but slps um tend to work on not only speaking um they work on sequencing um, right. They work on comprehension um, that deals mm-hmm. with not only the speaking portion because they 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 focus on two types of communication. It's that receptive, mm-hmm. um, what you're receiving, and then you're expressive and how are you how the person is trying to express their language. And that might be through ATs and all these other different devices that might be able to use other than talking. Mm-hmm. And then they can focus on with feeding as well outside the school. Feeding is not, feeding therapies tend not to be allowed in schools right? Um, because it's more of a medical diagnosis mm-hmm. than an educational. Um, yeah. Well, and interestingly enough, um, we started out, uh, Curtis actually had to have some feeding therapy because of the and that what they were doing is they were looking at the manner in which he chewed. Mm-hmm. And so once he got that down and we had the exercises in that, like actually right now he's doing a kind of a feeding therapy, but his occupational therapist is coming at it. It's kind of interesting. She's found this great program that is a, comes at it as a scientific kind of like at a little experiment. No, so he's going like by the colors of food and then experimenting with things. Um, cauliflower, according to him is still evil, awful. Um, so, you know, we all have our one food that we won't. Yeah, we do. We do. But we're trying to expand his diet. And I know many, uh, parents out there, there's like two or three things that your kid Mm -hmm. wants to eat. And that's it. Like, um, my household, it's, um, wings, pizza, and burgers and macaroni and cheese. I think those are the four biggies right now. Um, and, and we'll have, we'll have like little cycles. It's strange. Um, so it's, I don't know, you have to do and, uh, kind of be tuned into that to know and make sure that they're getting, 
you know, the nutrition that they need as well. But another thing I was going to say that uh, uh, speech can help with is what's called pragmatics. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. Do you have a definition of pragmatics? I just know. I've been around it long enough that I'm just kind of familiar with it. Not so much. Yeah. I've never had to write a goal for it. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Well, um, I'm, we're hoping that here um, shortly we'll be able to interview an actual um, speech language pathologist. Mm-hmm. And so we can talk about pra- pragmatics, but the pragmatics have to do with um, interpreting and understanding how somebody is saying something. That's right. Your body language. So that goes and, falls underneath with receptive language. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's not just like body language. It's the tone. It's, no. there's a whole bunch of things that Curtis has had to go through. You just had to drop that memory there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and the interesting thing about these three therapies is that there are offices that have all of them together. Mm-hmm. They're in that one place. Sometimes you have three different places you have to go to. Um, so it's nice when you get an office where they're all together in the same building, and you only have to go to one place to um have the therapy done but it's you know they they do cross over they do uh they'll and there's doesn't there seem to be kind of a little bit of crossover between a lot of different therapies there is um i can i can tell you from my experiences remember i've been in a severe self-contained class and i'm currently teaching in a you know Neither self-contained, but it's not severe. And I tend to have OT in the same as the classroom, PT and speech. And we tend to know not only their academic goals, but also their OT and PT goals, because we can ultimately, and it goes back to that holistic approach, we can help them beyond and work on those same goals every day, not Mm -hmm. just when PT is there, SLP is there. And it kind of goes back to the same pragmatics. Um, situation like, for example, a lot of my kiddos have SLP goals and it's more mm-hmm. of recognizing those tones. I didn't even think about it, but that's where they are not understanding their comprehension, their comprehension when they're reading, because right. when we're reading, we also pick up on pragmatics and tones mm-hmm. within words. And so when those goals overlap, we're able to see not only an increase in academics, but we also see an increase in their social skills um, mm-hmm. when they're talking with others and just being there. And if my therapists tend to pull their kids out, which is fine because I'm working on something different, I make a point to say, hey, what worked? How did you work with this kid and mm-hmm. what worked? How can I implement it so I, we can generalize that big word, generalize this skill. So it's not yeah. just with you, it's with me. It's also with another adult mm-hmm. and this, another adult in this setting, um, yeah. which well, kind of helps a good bit. Yeah. And it's, that's why it's also important to make sure that you take those skills and those things that they're working on and know, okay, that we're working on, say this, um, there's a system called the, um, the areas of regulation. What is that? Um, it, it tells the zones of regulation. That's what it is. Zones, yes. Um, and so it goes through a whole thing that you can do. Um, I've had speech therapists have that curriculum that they go through, um, Curtis with, and, um, they, we've had an, our occupational therapist is going to work on that, right. but he knows those zones. And so we were able to take those zones of regulation and 
throughout the day, throughout, uh, you know, we check in with them. Okay. So what zone are you in? You know? And so you could then you learn how to regulate or understand how you're feeling. And then you can learn how to cope with what you're feeling and what you can do to calm down. And so if I hadn't taken that, that he was doing at his speech language outside of school and brought it to the school system, there would have been a difference and he would have gotten confused. So that's part of why it's important to have, um, think about trying to work with everybody at once. And that means as a parent, it's going to be a tough load on you and a large load because you become the main advocate for your child to make sure that everybody's using the same system and using it on the same page. Um, a lot of times I know we've, we, um, there's questions about when things are not, when you don't have, uh, parents and grandparents or teacher and coach on the same page as what you're going towards and what, what your goals are. And so that's why it's important to really think about how you're going to manage that and if you want to have that holistic approach to everything and then get everybody on board to be on the same page to help be able to, you know, keep the same rules or the same, you know, instead of asking, you, know, you could ask something other than how, what zone are you in? And then it could be confusing as to, okay, am I in a place where they're going to ask me which zone I'm feeling? Or am I have to point to a smiley face for how I'm feeling? Right. Or you know, so overloaded. Mm-hmm. And as we know, being overloaded can drop you right into a meltdown. Sure can. So that's that's that. That's that first part of the alphabet soup. <laughs> <laughs> Trust us, it gets worse. Um, <laughs> but in the comments below, tell us if you had heard of those three differences between the PT, the OT, and the SLP, and what other uh, parts of the alphabet soup that you may have encountered that you're not quite sure about. And we'll see what we can do about helping out with that in within this series. Um, you can drop that in the comments below, or you can email us at info at myspectrumlife.com, or can find us and comment and message us at Facebook and Instagram at My Spectrum Life. And you can also tweet us at Twitter at My Spectrum Life with that number one. And as always, uh, we love hearing from our viewers and we always take uh, any of our questions into, we really want to think about them and give them, give you an answer that's really thought provoked and, you know, uh, we want to help you out the best we possibly can. So um, we will get those answers out to you as soon as we possibly can as we take everything into consideration. So, but as always, we love hearing from you guys. And so please send us your questions, your thoughts, um, and let us know in the comments how things are going. And as always, remember, with a lot of faith, love, and a whole lot of fidget toys, We'll make it. Bye.